Hey, y'all are listening to Big Facts No Cap with Paul and Adrian, the only podcast that's number one with people who own exotic pets and everybody with deep, haunting, dark regrets. Let's get into this episode. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap No cap. What's up, Paul Chan? Paul Chan? Adrian Thon. Which one is the formal one that you're only allowed to use with? Well, none of them are son. Oh, really? Adrian Thon? <laughs> oh, son? S-A-N? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know my accent isn't perfect in Japanese yet. I'm still learning. Oh, that's okay. We're all still learning. We're all on our journeys, buddy. We're all on our journeys to learn all the kanji. Mm-hmm. No, the Jake. The joke was I was calling you the one that insinuates that you're a female cohort of mine. Yeah, but that one's cuter. I don't mind being a chon. Yeah, very kawaii. Also, you know I'm cool about gender like that. You are cool about gender like that. You do be you do be being cool about gender like that. I'm like, call me back any pronouns. Yeah, if you think I'm a they them style person, then I'm <laughs> that's cool with me. That's cool with me. I'm they them. Mm-mm. So, Adrian, I don't get why you told your students that your pronouns were kick slash ass. I wanted them to fear me <laughs> more than they respected me. Is that the new I'm an attack helicopter is my pronouns are? Blank oh, slash yeah, 100%. Blank. Although they still do both. Well, I mean, wait, you're just going to let a classic go? That's true. A banger like that? Maybe that wouldn't seem so lame if it wasn't coming from the guy who still says, My wife. My wife. <laughs> I can't go through a goddamn conversation with you without well, you doing more. You gotta stop at. bringing up your wife then. It's because you're a wife guy. <laughs> you're always like, No soup for you. I'm like, Adrian, come on, you gotta let it go. You're always complaining about how your wife eats your soup. <laughs> it's not my fault that that's most of our conversations now. You know, sometimes you look back and you're like, Where did the years go? Back when I didn't have a wife who always ate my soup. It's the kind of thing that drives you crazy. How's your week been, buddy? When did we last record? Sunday? So a lot has happened, I guess. I guess I had a whole work week where that wasn't too interesting. But, um, uh, yeah. And then I had a big day yesterday of doing fun stuff. So, you know, a basic week of most people in our period of uh, lifehood. Uh, a boring days punctuated by some very exciting days. I feel like the seasons of your life, I can measure through whether I would ask you, how are your bees, versus now where I ask you, how are your students? Mm-hmm. And in many that ways, they're the field same. field season versus uh, off-field season cycle. I'd say in a lot of ways, the bees are smarter. Come on now. Don't be going after my kids like that. You know I'm a mama bear. <laughs> I do know that. And a lot of them are inner city kids <laughs> that you're trying to You, uh, you know I'm a mama cocaine bear. <laughs> you know I'm a mama bear, and specifically a southern bear, and by that I mean the southern white women that we went to high school with who are now old and have kids, and like, for some reason like to talk about their family and kids, and they do that thing where whenever they get angry they start using a black scent, like, online. <laughs> it is funny how much older than us people who we went, who are our age that we went to school are, you know what I mean? There's definitely people who were in our cl- graduating class who are now like 40 year old women, right? Exactly, yeah. And again, we grew up with them at the same time, so I understand the, like, milieu, but man, nothing funnier than them being like, girl, if you come at my family, you best come correct, okay? (laughs) It's like Susan from Lexington, South Carolina. Maybe you don't need to talk like that. (laughs) 
You come after my children? I'll tell you what. <laughs> and once again, it's not offensive because Adrian, is a, he's making fun of a white person who sounds like that to make it clear. Mm-hmm. No, they're good people, though. They're good people. They're good people. You mentioned Cocaine Bear, and I was like, I was watching the trailer and kind of laughing at the fact that it says, like, based on a true story in my mind, I'm like, okay, what actually, like, I'm sure a bear ate some cocaine, but it, there's, you know, it didn't go on the rampage or whatever. And then I was mm-hmm. scrolling through movies looking for, like, another movie I wanted to watch. Have you seen this movie, like, scrolling through things to go see? 80 for Brady. It's about a um, group of old women who are big Tom Brady fans. And they're trying to sleep with him 80 times? or <laughs> No, they're over 80. Oh. And, uh, and the s- trailer tells you multiple times throughout the trailer based on a true story. And I could not figure out what that meant. Like, that there was just 80-year-old women who liked Tom Brady at some point. I guess so, right? That seems pretty believable. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't, why do you keep telling me it's based on a true story? I feel like you didn't have to remind me of that. But uh, it turned out, I looked it up, so the movie's about them going to the Super Bowl. They never went to the Super Bowl in real life. They just were oh. big Tom Brady fans. Wait, what? There was so just eighty-year-old of... women who were Tom Brady fans, and that's what it's based on. I see. So I did know about the movie because I check what's in theaters every Tuesday in case I want to do cheap movie Tuesday. So I'd heard about it, didn't even think to look into what the movie was about. I kind of had it in my automatic. I think I'm going to skip that one category. Oh, okay, okay. We see how you feel about Middle America, flyover country. Yeah. Me, I was like, maybe this is for me. I'm gonna check out the trailer because I don't, I don't condescend to these people who we make fun of constantly. Learn to in code, ladies. Maybe stop watching football and learn to code. <laughs> yeah, maybe stop watching Tom Brady be old and be young and learn to code. Did you have any uh, random stories or weird interactions with people this week, or any media roundup? I guess I did have a media roundup. I watched Fable Bends. Hmm by steven spielberg and if you don't know that's like a movie about his childhood basically except he changed his family's name to fableman but it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be like pretty accurate to his childhood and it keeps showing you like all these traumatic memories of like his parents infidelity and he's just putting his parents on blast like that yeah yeah i did check they are dead so he definitely waited like they died like a year ago so he just waited for the last one to go to make this movie damn I thought it was just Oscar bait. I didn't realize it was, like, therapy for him. It is very clearly a therapy. And, like, the opening scene literally goes, like, young him is how he starts making film to get over trauma. Hmm. So it's like, okay, a little on the nose, Mr. Steven. But. I don't want to totally bring in something from last week that's already been done and settled, but it sounds a bit masturbatory. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the through lines in the movie is that, like, Every time something, like, traumatic is happening, I I keep feeling like the movie's trying to say, like, yes, look at how horrible this is and how it honed him into a great filmmaker. And that Mm. just really, like, made the movie fall flat for me because I kept thinking, do I like Steven Spielberg's films enough that... Yeah. I I don't think it's worth it. Honestly, I wish that young child had a happy life and we didn't get E.T. I don't even really care for E.T. enough that... That's such a cool thing to tell somebody whose narrative is that my trauma made me into an artist. Is like, honestly, I wish you had a happy life. <laughs> I <laughs> wish you had just had a chill life, brother. I feel like he didn't need to, like, see his mom cheat on his dad in the background footage of a movie he was filming for us to get the post. You know what I mean? Like, the post was mm-hmm. not that good. What about Super 8? Come on, man. You're just being insulting now. 
<laughs> so that's my review of that movie. I actually think I gave it a pretty good review on Letterboxd, though, because it, it did stick with me. I did, I did feel the cringy parts of it legitimately made me so uncomfortable. I was like, man, these parents need to stop. This is horrible. I mean, I did watch the trailer for it, and I like it was dead on arrival for me. I was like, I'm not going to like this film. This one this one seems like a skipperuno for Adrian. Oh, uh, it got me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Did I have any other media roundup? No, I don't think so. Nothing crazy happened to me either. Nice. Um, not media roundup, but I did have a little blast from the past slash a little topical tip. Um, one of, uh, Paul and Adrian's old friends from high school, uh, her last name has changed because she is now married, but, uh, a one Miss Camilla, uh, messaged me out of the blue on Facebook to ask about beekeeping advice because her neighbor's going to give her bees. Mm. So I spent a lot of, uh, my Thursday night telling her all about how to start up on beekeeping. And you were like, I wish that sounds like the dream. My neighbor just gave me crabs. I feel like you've pointed this out before, but I feel like our audience is dumb enough where if you hit multiple times the fact that I have crabs, people are going to start thinking that it's a true thing. <laughs> Y'all, Adrian doesn't have crabs. Or do I? Or this You'll <laughs> the never double know. bluff, did he tell me to make that joke so that he could explicitly tell the audience he doesn't have crabs? I only have parasocial crabs, so it depends on when that you know me in real life. Oh, like you see me? Crabs. I'm like a crab in the bucket. I can't mm. get out because we keep pulling each All other right, down. Staples. Are you a crab at the bottom of the bucket or top of the bucket? Oh, I'm pulling other people down for sure. Oh, okay. That, yeah, I think that sounds right to me. Other media roundup. Uh, it felt insulting because it was only because of, well, it wasn't only because of Black History Month, but they made sure to say it was part of their series. Um, but Absol got a tiny desk concert. And it was really good. So um, if you're into those, you check it out. Uh, I went to go see Open Mike Eagle. That was cool. He said uh, he, it was one of those concerts where... Not only did he like hang around to meet people afterwards, but also he was just kind of in the crowd for most of the uh, concert. He was very accessible, I guess is what I was saying. It was a small little intimate venue in Sacramento. I went there with Pierce. It was pretty fun. It was a fun night. And then yesterday I went to go watch all of the Oscar nominated animated shorts with Marshall at the Tower Theater, which is a really cool historic theater in Sacramento. All except for one of them were really good. There was one from the UK that sucked. You can skip it. It's also one of the longest ones. So if you need to go to the bathroom and like get another beer when you go to watch it, that's the one to do. It's a... Um, the boy, the 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 mole, the fox, and the horse. Um, yeah, I think uh, Marshall's uh, critique of it was very good, which is like it it was like if an AI had was fed motivational quotes to make a children's story out of. But the rest are all very good and worth watching. Uh, I think I mentioned that last year, the one that I thought was the worst is the one that won. So congrats to uh, Oscar winner, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Um, but in my opinion, uh, My Year of Dicks or... You said it was Russian. There's no way it's going to win this year. I'm shocked it even got nominated. The UK is not Russia. Oh, why did I hear Russia? Man, I'm out. Yeah. I'm so drunk. Well, just because you're always watching Rachel Maddow and it's just Russia, 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 Russia. It's all you ever hear. Yeah, that's true. Um, so either My Year of Dicks or uh, The Ice Merchant, I think, are the two that I thought were spectacular for very different reasons. Um, and then I hung around in Sacramento for a little bit more until 7 p.m. where we went to like a little art house theater to go watch The Favorite, which was um, uh, very good. Uh, I was going to say, I love yeah. that movie. Come on now. Uh, Olivia Coleman. I don't know Coleman? what to say, man. Little Yorgi Lanthimos hitting it out of the park again. I, I didn't think I was going to like a period piece. Um, but You, you don't like period pieces? No. Nah. I didn't know that about you. Did you think I would? I don't know. 
I think my opinion about most period pieces is that they oftentimes put so much work into the aesthetics, they forget to make the movie good or interesting. But this one was, and it was very good. And I don't think it's my favorite of his, but um, it's a very fun time. I'm going to start recommending good period pieces to you. You should watch Amadeus. You should watch Master and Commander. You should watch uh, Phantom Thread. There you go, Adrian. I gave you three movies, so you're going to come back next week with a little book report. How do I, how am I supposed to do a book report on movies? Film reports. Mm. Can I just send you like my letterboxed reviews? Okay, that counts too. And then the last thing is I downloaded, uh, so I think people have uh, heard this before, my favorite movie of all time, and one Mr. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World decided to read the comic. And then once I started reading the comic, I realized people on YouTube will read it for you with lift different voices and cast actual actors and they like animate it so it goes across the screen. And I was like, well, that's a much more lovely way to do this. So I've uh, watched the first three volumes on YouTube. Uh, and it's a kind of a fun way to go through that comic. It's also interesting because I think it's very obvious that six volumes of a comic is a lot to translate into a movie. And I've never been a big, like, I have strong opinions about the book being better than the movie type guy. But you are, it is very easy to notice the differences. So there's a lot, especially in the later volumes that they really condensed for the movie. Mm. But it's a good time. Good read. All right. Did we want to get into the theme? Yeah. Exotic pets. This one seems like a clear front runner for you, Adrian. You're the only person here who's owned an exotic pet. I've never had an exotic pet. Oh, you don't you wouldn't consider like ferrets, sugar gliders, stuff like that exotic pets? I wouldn't consider things like the Godfather or Skittles to be <laughs> exotic pets. What's that John Lady joke? <laughs> um Okay. I mean sugar gliders for what? sure, but not ferrets. They're very much in the same league. They're two things people don't usually own, but you can buy in America. Is that the definition of exotic we're going with? I guess it's what I thought. I put I I brought in people, an article people about are getting carrots. Tigers, dude. People are getting things transported from different countries. Shit. So you just don't agree with my column at all because I brought in a column about parrots. Parrots or ferrets? Parrots. I think parrots can be exotic. Plenty of people own parrots. I don't think it's about frequency of of uh. You think just, like, where their natural habitat is, if it's far enough from America? I think so. I think that's gotta be part of the definition. Where are parrots from? I, like, they feel tropical to me, but I don't really even know I what I mean, that we means. did- ha we famously had parrots in North America, and then we hunted them to extinction for their feathers. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's only exotic uh, parrots now. I mean, the cockatoo I had in high school was uh, native to Australia. A Moluccan cockatoo. I think it was like 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 a macaw. A macaw would certainly be exotic, right? Mm. It's like a parrot, but bigger. Why do I think size has part of it to do with it too? I feel like a parakeet isn't exotic, but they probably are. I see peacocks all the time on NBC. Are they exotic or not? Not F funny. <laughs> not F funny. <laughs> Did you see that little Joel video where he pointed out the tweet where Neil deGrasse Tyson was angry mm -hmm. that the nbc peacock is it's electromagnetic spectrum for some reason of a visible light <laughs> at no point did they say they were trying to make it a peacock rainbow <laughs> that wasn't the premise um wait yours is about cockatoos not parrots oh yeah that's true i think it's because i found it searching parrots talking advice column oh i see oh god i'm not much of an ornithologist i, I don't actually know if parrots are like a subset of cockatoos or cockatoos are a subset of parrots or anything like that you know what? It's okay, Adrian. I don't think anybody was, like, expecting that from you. It's true. But... They know where my, uh, expertise is. You have standards for yourself. I get it. You can't judge yourself by the expectations of others. 
I think there's, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what animal it is, so I don't misspeak. Is it like hippos that are now, there's like a small rhinos? There's a small version of rhinos? In, in Colombia, because like Pablo Escobar owned them in his personal mm. zoo, and when he died, they just like went wild, and now there's just like a small amount of them in Colombia, like a little. Of just regular ass rhinos? Yeah, something like that. Let me look this up. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, hippos. And it's, could Pablo Escobar's escaped hippo, hippos help the environment? They help the environment? Doing what? I didn't know Nat Geo tried to make you pay for their articles, those bastards. Yeah, they do. Those bastards at Big Nat Geo. Alright, well, we're never gonna know. But there's a bunch of articles on it. Apparently his hippos are now just wild in the Columbia Rivers. Oof. I mean, those things are monsters, man. They kill more humans than any other animal in uh, Africa, besides, I guess, like, mosquitoes or something, probably. Hey, Pablo Escobar was a monster, man. I feel like the real monster is society. I think it was drugs. That was uh, one of the jokes that... So one of the things I like to do during movies is annoy Marshall. And so <laughs> I can't remember what movie we were watching. Oh, it was um, Bodies, 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 where, like, obviously it's like a semi-mystery movie. So, like, there's, like, little hints and stuff going on. So anytime something got brought back or, like, was really prominent in view, I would call it Chekhov's whatever and, like, whisper to Marshall, Chekhov's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so he got really annoyed by the end of the movie. And my thing this time is when we were watching the animated shorts, at the end of each of them, I would just w whisper to him and be like, I like how it was a subtle critique about capitalism. <laughs> hey, don't tell bread tubers that. They'll make a 10-hour video about the movie. <laughs> Anyways, back to the theme. What were we talking about? Exotic pets. You ever have a seagull as a pet? A seagull? No. Or a gull. I forgot. There's no There's technically no bird caught a seagull. What do you mean by technically? Because I've heard people say it before, so I think there <laughs> there's is, definitely there a is, bird <laughs> called seagull. There is no species with a corresponding scientific name that has the common name seagull. It's usually someone talking about like a western gull or something like that. Paul, how do you feel about people who have pets that could eat them? What's up with that? What's the psyche around that? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they would hate this description and probably really disagree with it, but there has to be a little bit of, like, machismo, right? Like, a little bit of, like, I have the coolest, mm. toughest thing around. Yeah, it makes sense. And it likes me. And it's like, no, it but doesn't like you. Like, it's cool gonna and kill tough, you. It's like a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why do you never, why, why do drug lords never have giraffes as their pet? Yeah. They're cute. And they just eat lettuce out of your mouth. Out of your hand <laughs> oh yeah do you remember that at riverbanks where you'd get the little pellets and you could feed the giraffes yeah <laughs> that, that that seems like a scene in a movie right where it's like the intimidating uh it's like the intimidating drug lord and you've like stumbled on his palace in the middle of the colombian rainforest and he's like walking you through it and to intimidate you but instead of like a tiger he has a giraffe tied up in his living mm -hmm. room that's a sketch right there yeah, this guy's right there. Instead of feeding it lettuce, he takes all of the cash out of your wallet and starts feeding it one by one to the giraffe. <laughs> He's like, I have other ways to hurt you. Those scenes from Nope with, with the orangutan, not orangutan, with the uh, chimpanzee. Ch chimpanzee. Uh, yeah, horrifying. And always, it'd be an orangutan. I mean, obviously it would suck to be attacked by any animal, but I think like canines and cats, there's like an element of like, they're going to end you. Although I guess sometimes they do play with their food, but I don't know why. I'm less horrified by the idea of going that way. But I, but you'd rather go out by a chimp, or what no? Are you I'm saying? saying I'm saying chimps are way scarier. They're the oh, real yeah. like they're the real horror movie, and I don't want to get too Joe Rogan on our audience. But it's because mm, they know I was what say. they know what scares us, man. They're too mm -hmm. close to us. Mm -hmm. They're just a little too like us, and I don't like it. Yeah. 
He's going to make you do a speech in front of a class before he kills you. <laughs> He's going to say my penis is tiny, man, and you know that's the one thing <laughs> that I'm most scared of. Chip's going to be up there on stage just like, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, public speaking is the number one fear in the country. Death is number two. I mean, he's in a funeral. You'd rather be in the casket than given the eulogy. Is that if Jerry Seinfeld had smoked one too many cigarettes? Um, other exotic pets or other uh, famous things about exotic pets. You ever know anybody with an exotic pet? No. I feel like the closest I would think was possible, and I guess this is from the Fablemans too, because there's they one. Already made a sequel. <laughs> T O O. Yeah, okay. And yes, they did that funny thing from Dumb and Dumber 2 where they spelled it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, no, from the Fablemans as well. His mom buys a capuchin monkey, and I guess that's also a uh, a thing in Friends. Is yeah. Ross has a pet capuchin monkey. So I guess that's like a pet people do get. I think I would be a little freaked out. If, well, it's kind of cool, though. I'd be a little freaked out, but it's kind of cool. Actually, I'd be pretty impressed if somebody had a little monkey. They're kind of adorable because they're the kind of animal that could like bite your finger up and they're not going to kill you. <laughs> There's the episode of Malcolm in the Middle where the guy, one of the characters becomes disabled, so he has to get a pet capuchin to be his assistant at the house and it slowly takes over his life. <laughs> Is that takes true? takes him hostage. Yeah. That was a service that we provided in the 90s or 80s? I, 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 I think it might be a made-up concept, but <laughs> he gets a service monkey and it takes over his life. In what way? Uh, like, it just takes over the household and then when he tries to call for help, it rips out the telephone line. That's funny. I feel like I need to give Malcolm in the Middle a chance. It seems like a funny show. It's a funny show, man. <laughs> Tell you what, sounds better than Everybody Loves Raymond. Deborah, Deborah. there's a capuchin in the house. <laughs> My brother's a weird moron again, Deborah. He's been a weird moron. Um, the other thing about exotic pets is I remember my roommate, my old roommate, showing me a viral clip of uh one of not my celeb enemies, but one of my hated celebrities, um, Kirsten Cinema. Bell. Kirsten Bell. Oh, why? Oh, I find her really annoying. I find her personality grating. Interesting. I feel like this is probably as inexplicable to me as the Jonah Hill thing is to you. Yeah, her and Dax Shepard, her husband, I find both of them just incredibly annoying human beings. Mm. Continue. But there was famously, I think she was on Ellen, where she talks about how much she loves sloths. And one of the uh, classic, uh, you know, talk show segments is like, well, guess who's here? A fucking sloth. Bring it out, boys. (laughs) Uh, She starts crying on camera while she gets to like cuddle with a sloth. All right, Paul. So we should get it out there, right? What exotic pet would you get if you could get one? A polar bear. Let's say that... Money is no issue, a polar and legality bear. is no issue, and morality is no issue, and you had the capability to take care of it correctly. A pterodactyl. I thought you said you didn't want something that could eat you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if money is no issue, and presumably everybody's taking care of all of this for me, yes, I want the one thing that I could ride and it can fly. How do you know that pterodactyl could carry you? Man, are you calling me fat? I know I've put on a couple pounds, but you... <laughs> I mean, how big are pterodactyls, really? I don't know. I've only ever seen them, but like a... How never big seen are them. pterodactyls, really, when you think about it? <laughs> when you think about it? <laughs> because you're always so close when you see them, so they look bigger because they take up a lot of your field of vision. <laughs> take a couple steps back, Paul. I don't normally see them on like a food box where it says like size to scale or whatever, or like enlarged to, uh, to show texture. I don't know, but based on the little silhouettes next to them, I feel like they could lift me. 
on the little human silhouettes that usually come next to pterodactyls. Mm, like a Pokemon entry? So you want something you could ride in the sky? If the rules don't allow for extinct animals, then a polar bear. <laughs> Those might so be extinct. to be extinct animals. <laughs> Come on now. Why do you want a polar bear? You want to ride that around? Were you trying to be like a little girl from Golden Compass? No, I just always thought polar bears were really cool, man. Hmm. They're so majestic. Is it because another part of that Golden Compass series is that polar bears can't lie and you want a friend who's not going to lie to you about all the small things you ask them about? Because that's what true love is, like I learned from the favorite. I don't. First off, I think you might have misunderstood the favorite. <laughs> that would be such a funny misunderstanding of that movie that they'd found true love. We found love in a hopeless place. That should have played over the credits. That would have been really funny of your ghost. <laughs> that would have been really cool. What animal would you want? I'd want something that can go with me everywhere and that can maybe hang out on my shoulder. A polar bear could go with me everywhere. I would yell at people that it's my emotional support polar bear. (laughs) So you have to buy, you have to, you you argue that you only have to pay for one seat on the plane, even though he needs a whole row to himself. (laughs) So something that's not a monkey for you that you can take everywhere, but you want it to be a mammal, like a bird isn't good or is a bird good? No, I don't like, yeah, there's something that I don't find adorable about birds. I find them kind of like, I don't like how pecky they are. So, like, maybe a ferret or a sugar glider is the perfect Adrian pet? No, 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 no. I'm going a little bit cooler than that. I'm saying, like, a kawaka or something like that. Like, one of those, like, little mammal dudes that are, like, you know, like, kind of like a raccoon, but much, much cuter. Like that. A red like, fox from uh, Korra? From Korra. That's a ferret. That's a fire ferret. Fire ferret. That's what it is. Pabu. No, no. I think, like, a kawaka. Something like that. You see, I don't know what a kawaka is, but I'll, I'll just pretend in my mind. I think I get the general vibe. Look at it. Look, Look it, up. it up, Polly. Look it up. They live on an island where they have no natural predators, so they're like not in. They have no ingrained like fear response to humans. I think what makes them very adorable to humans is definitely that their facial structure makes it look like they're permanently smiling. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm calling mine uh, Arthur Fletch. Aw, Arthur Fleck. This is really cute. It's like if a kangaroo didn't look mean. Yeah, exactly right. And an adorable little mouse. See? Oh, yeah, lifespan is a thing to, like, really consider with things like this, right? Because, like, macaws live to be, like, 70 or 80. I don't know how long slots live, but I think it's, like, 25, 30. That's a commitment. That's a commitment. I have no idea how long kawakas live, but it can't be more than, like, 12 years. Adrian's never even dated a girl for more than two years. Wait, you know I'm not dating this animal, though, right? We're just hanging out as buds. (laughs) Adrian, please don't fuck your kawaka. (laughs) I, I, I'm the one saying that I wouldn't. You're the one saying that I Adrian, wouldn't. Adrian, stop saying you'd try to fuck your kawaka. I know you're fucking that polar bear. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's a very asexual beauty that they possess. So you do find it attractive, is that what you're saying? Like a nude Greco-Roman wrestler. All right, let's get out of this territory, you damn dirty dog. You're the nasty one, I'll tell you. Well, why are you always so nasty? Why are you so nasty? Uh, is there any last things you want to say about uh, exotic petarunos? Do you want to say anything about the ethicality of having an exotic pet versus a regular pet? Very unethical, right? Uh, I feel like it's one of those things where people who know more about it might be able to school me about it, but it generally seems unethical. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I think the hardest part of owning an exotic pet is having to find an exotic vet. You said it like that was a joke, but that seems like it's true. <laughs> I kind of like that it was both. <laughs> kind of rhymed okay, in a silly yeah. way. <laughs> but... Yeah, okay. He <laughs> said it like it was some kind of like thing that your grandma always used to say (laughs) (laughs) all right as we already hinted earlier 
I'm bringing in a column called Ask Leifber. Adrian, do you know how to pronounce that? It's a Leifber company. Is it Laffeber? L-A-F-E-B-E-R. Laffeber. Oh, the R is silent. It's a French company. Question. Cockatoos not talking. I've had a cockatoo for about six years now, and I love her. She's completely healthy and loves to play. But in all the time I had her, she never said a peep. The only word she does say every now and then is hi. But other than that, nothing. She mainly just whistles. I'm okay with this, but I'm curious on why she mainly whistles. It was either this or the other talking parrot columns were all about, like, I can't get my parrot to stop screaming. All it does is scream loudly. That is true. They do do that. <laughs> That's so funny to get an animal thinking it's gonna, like, have a conversation with you and it's just like, like a loud, dying screech. Uh, it's more of like a, it, like, you know, my cockatoo talked, but it also had a habit of just, like, yelling as loudly as possible. Like, it's one of those things that they do. And that was actually my senior project in high school was a, it was an animal behavior paper on trying to use operant conditioning to uh, train my parrot, uh, my cockatoo not to do that. It was unsuccessful. That sounds like your parents really pitched you on that. I also didn't enjoy it. I mean, none of us enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I think one of the things I cited in that paper in the introduction, though, was that like at their loudest, the like screaming of a cockatoo is almost equivalent to like the a plane taking off which seems ridiculous that doesn't seem right now that i think about it so yeah i'm very familiar with that part of it about in terms of teaching your cockatoo to talk mm, i think maybe it's like a you know you know how uh are you aware of um critical periods ball this sounds like you're gonna tell them it's a lost cause if it's over a certain age but continue yeah, it's basically it. There are like critical periods in which you have to like start teaching a, an animal to do something. Otherwise, it won't have that plasticity later on in life. Damn. So whoever was whoever had. Well, does, she didn't say she had it from birth, right? No, she didn't take it from her mom's nest right when it came out. Six. No, she's had the cockatoo for six years, but she doesn't say the cockatoo's age. She's completely healthy and loves to play, but she only says hi. You know, a woman of a woman, a few words. Some would call that mysterious. Mm. And uh, what's the word? alluring what's up with like talking about birds being able to talk i know it's just them mimicking sounds but what is mm -hmm. up with like aren't ravens like the smartest animal or something i i don't know i feel like i always hear a different animals the smartest animal but aren't like rose crows and ravens very smart I, I mean i would say slime molds are the smartest animal what are they uh no i'm just kidding slime molds are a thing that people sometimes study for cooperation because the evolution of the system is kind of interesting um yeah i think sloths are the smartest animal because brother i'll tell you what the smartest people i know in life always knew how to kick back and just have a beer and chill out Come on now. you know there's a reason sloths ne never developed capitalism and humans <laughs> did <laughs> one of us is clearly the smarter species <laughs> no yeah corvids all in that family are uh very smart okay but smarter than dolphins and like pigs or whatever and dogs or you know, I think it was uh, Albert Einstein ever heard of him who once said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its whole life thinking that it's stupid. Fish are stupid, though. See, that's a common thing where you're wrong about it. Are octopus fishes or are they're a different thing, right? They're, they're cephalopods. I've always said, shout out to my cephalopods. Hmm. You've always said that. I've always been. <laughs> I've never really understood because the context doesn't always make sense. But... 
You're always like, guys, gals, and cephalopods. Big ups to my cephalopods. Big up to the ute dem and the cephalopod dem. <laughs> to the big cephalopod dem. Okay, Adrian, don't give it away that we have Chet Hanks on for the third segment. <laughs> Special guest Chet Hanks. Back to this cockatoo. So wait, what words, what English words could your cockatoo say? Um, I love you. Uh, hello. Um, you know, I'm surprised I don't remember more clearly because like it was only like a repertoire of like eight things that she would that uh, he I remember we got it sexed at one point. I think he would say on the regular. But the main thing that he did that was very disturbing is it wasn't the screaming or the whistling or the saying I love you. It was that sometimes if you got kind of bored, he would just like kind of like demonically like kind of to like entertain himself. Uh, that part was kind of creepy. Yeah, sometimes he would say he would date of death, like, February third, twenty twenty eight. Date of death, February third, twenty twenty eight. And he would be pointing one little talent at everybody in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said pretty bird a lot. If you tell called him pretty bird, he would say pretty bird, pretty bird. Aw. I know he doesn't know what he's saying, but it sounds adorable and it's very lovable. It's pretty cute. Do you have any tips for this person? You think it's uh, their cockatoo is just too old? It's not going to learn anything other than hi? Um, also, okay. why does she mainly whistle? Is it animal. because a whistle is closer to a bird's call? So it's more in like their natural range? I think this bird has finally reached sexual maturity and she's in heat and she's like trying to find a boy. And she's like whistling like uh, she's catcalling. That's why she's doing every male cockatoo's favorite song, that one Ramstein song that has a whistle as the lead melody. <laughs> I'm a really bad whistler. I'm a, I'm a breathe-in whistler because I can't do a breathe-out whistle very good. Do it very well. Can you? This is fascinating content. <laughs> I haven't heard you whistle yet. I want to hear your whistle. Oh, you can't hear it? It just sounds like you're blowing into your mic. Are you gonna? No, that that was a whistle. That's definitely like uh the audio settings on. Oh, you know how it filters out like non uh, like songs or non-human speak. It's fine if you can't whistle, Paul. Anyways, my other pieces of concrete advice are one, repetition. If you want her to say a certain word, maybe with like some uh you know operant conditioning or uh, would would it be positive? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, positive reinforcement. The other thing would be, uh, it's well known what syllables are easier for birds to say than others and which ones that they can't do. So look that up and try and give them like things that are like softballs or whatever, like give them the sh sounds or the uh, t sounds or whatever. Ooh, like a little bird dictionary. And then once you do all that, make sure to keep building and keep it interesting for it until eventually your bird learns the entire uh, fast verse from Rap God. Do you have any, uh, any advice? I think, uh, I think you knocked it out of the park, buddy. You want to hear the answer? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, Jane. I'm going to say this how I assume the person who writes in an animal advice column would say, Hi, Jane. Your cockatoo sounds very normal for a cockatoo. Cockatoos are not known for their talking abilities. While there are exceptions now, it is more common for a cockatoo not to talk than have a large vocabulary. Hi and hello is about what you can expect from a cockatoo in general. Nope. (laughs) I feel like I'm doing the, uh... I don't even know what character you're doing. Hugh Hauser. Is that the guy from uh from Comedy Bang Bang? Yeah. Uh, nobody knows why this is the case, since they have the same means of talking as any other parrot. But some species are known for talking while others are not. One day, someone will do a study and determine a scientific reason for this. 
Some birds do seem to prefer to whistle. You may be told that once a bird learns to whistle, it won't learn to talk. But that really is not true. It's more of a case of perception, since many non-talking birds whistle a lot. You can talk to her a lot, and she may learn more words. But if not, at least you know she is normal for her species. Thank you for asking, Lafaber, Brenda. All right. Well, that's some good info. I mean, that's why I couldn't think of a, a bunch of words that my bird knew. I guess they didn't really, they don't really learn that many. Yeah, I mean, it really is a trick, right? They're just one of the few animals that has, because they're so good at singing, that has the vocal range to mimic human speech. That is the other thing my bird would do a lot is he'd be like, la, 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 la. <laughs> He's a great singer. That would be very funny to teach the bird off <laughs> off key do re mi so it sounded like an untalented bird that's so funny for some reason that would be cool to do outsider art where that where that bird is your runt man i think that's a bit from portlandia but that sounded like a good well-educated answer mm-hmm. and i'm glad it made adrian feel less insecure about his bird growing up i think that was also helpful yeah i was very insecure about that all right, Paul, are you ready for my column? All right. Mine is Dear Annie, who is a classic. Classic status, five-timers club. We're going to give her her jacket. Yeah, we're going to bring in this question. It's one of the secondary questions, so the title doesn't uh, correspond to it. So I'm just going to go straight into the question. Dear Annie, I love my fiancé because he accepts me and loves me exactly as I am. He isn't trying to change me, recreate me, or unleash my potential. I am who I am, and he embraces me. I have unusual pets, called sugar gliders, and he plans on on welcoming them and me into his very neat and clean home. He knows we are a package deal, and his house is a home, not a museum. He wants to ease my work burden and allow me not to worry about money, medical insurance, or paying off credit cards. I'll still work, but if it's slow, I won't have to be stressed anymore. I have been loved before, but I've never been truly known unconditional love wait what is that the question yeah i don't it's are, is she bragging she's like sounds like it's gonna be great yeah that's um i mean i found it because i looked for sugar glider advice column and i saw them in there and i was like oh okay that's clearly what this is about um that's not a question paul thoughts off top i like that her sugar glider are a package deal with her that's funny do you remember when me and you saw a sugar glider and i saw that little twinkle in your eye and could tell that you wanted one when we were uh, at the at the Lexington flea market, sugar glider convention. <laughs> now flea at market. The flea market. <laughs> yeah, we saw sugar gliders for sale, and I could tell you really wanted one. I think everybody wanted one, didn't they? I remember Mark telling me the first time he saw one that he really wanted one. I mean, they're cool as animals. They're cool animals. They they are. They're like a tiny monkey that flies. It is a crazy animal. It shouldn't exist. We'll see. This is where I'm going to make sure that we're going to get some of the science right. So sugar glider. Wait, the Wikipedia entry doesn't start with cool ass tiny monkey that flies. <laughs> it's a nocturnal gliding possum. Um, and I think this is what I was getting at when I was saying what kind of animal I would have is I think like the possum family is like, I think raccoons are gross, but like in that vein of like, that's the right size, large end, and like the right kind of like cuddliness to like, doesn't look like a human little monkey type. Mm. area oh so you kind of like that it's not a capuchin it's like a far enough away from humanity yeah because it doesn't feel like a pokemon if you have like a fucking little human on you yeah okay okay except Mankey is very clearly just a monkey but okay 
They have very simple. Well, yeah, but now they have Pokemon that are just keys, Paul. I mean, like <laughs> I'm talking about the ones that are the actually main key good. is Gen One, so maybe what you said was stupid. They have Pokemon that are just literally like sacks of toxic goo. <laughs> I'm talking about the cool. <laughs> Adrian, ones. are you talking about yourself again? Wow, I like how when you were editing last episode, you're like, "I'm gonna take out me being self-deprecating," but you're like, "But I'm gonna keep in the parts where I'm mean to my friend." Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. They have very similar habits and appearance to the flying squirrel, despite not being closely related. An example of convergent evolution. Well, you know that's the, our favorite type of evolution here on Big Facts No Cap. Mm-hmm. And they're mostly from what looks to be Australia and. The islands above Australia. Is that Papua New Guinea? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is. Uh, let's see. Any other interesting stuff? Oh, I wanted to see what the lifespan was, because I wonder if this guy's just banking on the fact that they're going to die pretty soon. Do you think there's any chance that he's doing that? Almost certainly, and he's definitely looked at this exact same section on Wikipedia. <laughs> Did you find it? I haven't found it yet. I haven't found lifespan yet. It's probably easier just to uh, tech type that in, but... Ooh, they're marsupials. Ooh, see, this is the part where it makes me feel bad, is that they're very social animals, so, like, you have it to feels like multiple. one of those things where, yeah. Well, I think people usually only own one. Well, she said she has multiple. She said me and my sugar gliders are a package oh, deal. Oh, yeah. No, but then again, see, that, that again goes back to, like, exotic animals for me is like a Pokemon sitch, and, like, I wouldn't just want four of the same Pokemon as my Pokemon team. I'm not, like, a Magikarp. What player. are you talking about? Some of the Pokemon are already four of the same Pokemon as one Pokemon, like Dugtrio. Like the Jingly Keys? Like Doug Trio. Paul, why is the Jingly Keys your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> Adrian, you're fucking obsessed with the Jingly Keys. You are. What are you talking about? <laughs> Ooh, chemical odors account for a large part of communication and sugar gliders. That's cool. Ooh, stinky boys. Also not great for the sky, but <laughs> yeah, it is cool that they talk through their farts. Hey, I'll uh, tell you a little secret about Isabella. She does the same thing. The average lifespan is 10 to 12 years old. Ooh. Depending on how heavily cared for they are. Oh, so that's basically as long as a dog or cat. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you feel about this whole third paragraph where he knows that we're a package deal in the house is a home, not a museum? It's like, girl, how nasty are your pets? <laughs> it sounds like they're nasty as hell. How much are you trying to convince? Like, it's kind of like when I used to have my ferrets and people would be like, oh, yeah, I heard that if they like remove the glands or whatever, they're not that stinky. And I'm like, nah, they're still pretty stinky. They're ma- they're musky boys. <laughs> Like, there's no real way to, like, have a ferret house completely, like, smell-free. And then also, yeah, they're also not, like, super clean animals or whatever. So unless you're, like, really on top of it, which my sister was not when she had them as pets, um, they can be a little bit gross, too. And it sounds like this lady's, like, saying that, too, where she's like, I'm going to destroy this man's house. (laughs) And he accepts me as I am. You're right. The language is, like, almost as if she both has already convinced him and now is trying to convince us and Annie of the same thing. Like... It feels like the wording you'd only use if he like was like, I don't know about these sugar gliders. Like, you know, I really like mm-hmm. a clean house. And she was like, well, do you want to live in a house, a home, or a museum? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I guess so. And he like eventually like allowed for it. And she was like, I have such a great boyfriend. He knows that a home is a home and not a museum. He was like, I'll choose museum. I like things pristine. And she was like, you know, there are sugar gliders in certain museums <laughs> and sugar glider museums. <laughs> He's like, that's not a real thing. And she's like, prove it. They don't put them on Google, though. Well, he was like, all right, then a house. And she was like, you know, at my house, we have sugar gliders and it's still a house. <laughs> and he's like, then why did you give me the options? 
Why did she write in? This is so confusing. Nowhere in this question is there a question mark or even like an opportunity for upspeak or anything. It's just a lady telling us about her new living situation with her sugar gliders. I mean, it seems weirdly self-aware to put this into an advice column without asking a question. Like, it seems like the questions are all implicit and she knows it. <laughs> of like, is he gonna resent me when it turns out that this sucks way more than I'm letting on? Mm. Well, actually, let's Google this. Like, let's Google, like, sugar gliders. Do they make good pets? How hard are they to take care of? How dirty are they? All right. Sugar- All right, I found a- Oh, uh, yeah, you go ahead. I found a three-page sugar glider care sheet from Colorado Pet Care Clinic. I'll let you know if I've seen anything interesting. They make wonderful pets for the young and the young at heart. <laughs> this creep. They also- <laughs> this, this guy is a fucking creep. <laughs> Dating a girl who's young and or young at heart. <laughs> what if you made an accusation where every time you specified it was young and or young at heart? <laughs> they form deep, strong relational bonds with their owners, so you know they're going to hate this dude. <laughs> it's going to be one of those situations. I'm seeing multiple articles that are saying that sugar gliders... Not only is the socialization important, but also, like, the amount of space and activities they need is important, so mm. they're likely to feel depression in most domestic circumstances. Damn, a depressed sugar glider. <laughs> That'd be a funny Bojack Horseman character. What is it, a Splenda glider? Sorry, I had a quick heart attack right there. <laughs> I'm glad you're better, man. <laughs> Ooh, I do like that. You can carry them around in a loose shirt pocket or a shul on her shoulder. <laughs> that is a problem. They seem like the worst pet to be domesticated in terms of like how unhappy it'll make them, but for how happy they'll mm. make us. Number one pet, are you kidding me? Who doesn't want a pet that can fit in a frocket? Make sure that they have a place to crawl into if they feel insecure. Oh, oh. come on now. <laughs> Which is every time they you do anything because they're depressed. <laughs> oh, I don't like that part of the article. What is it? It has been suggested that you can carry your sugar glider around in your pants pocket. I would disagree against this because <laughs> you might forget that they're there and sit down and strongly injure your pet. Okay, I think the last question, I'm just going to go ahead and Google how dirty are sugar gliders. Mm -hmm. They mostly just eat fruit and vegetables with a little bit of protein. Okay, so they're going to be pretty regular. Good for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're naturally clean creatures and will groom each other and keep themselves clean. Sugar gliders will poop and pee on you. Although mostly mm -hmm. this is when they first wake up. They are naturally very clean and only unneutered males usually have any odor due to scent marking. Mm. A, lot, a lot of these articles are saying they're not particularly messy. Okay, that's not too bad. Not too bad at all. You do have to keep the, uh, you know, actually, now I see why she got a sugar glider. Why? Did you see this part of it, Paul? Yeah. Apparently, they can drown if you leave big things of water around. So one of the things you have to do if you have a sugar glider is you can't leave your toilet lit up. Oh. Good way to train your husband, am I right? <laughs> oh, come on now. Come on now. Um, all right. Do you want to read the answer now of what to a non-question? Yeah, let's see what uh, how Annie handles this one. Alright, Annie says, Dear Unconditional Love, To be truly known is a wonderful thing, not only by a romantic partner, but also by parents, children, friends, and family members. What a gift you have in each, in each other. 
May we all aspire to love each other unconditionally and to truly see and accept our loved ones. That's it. Yeah, but if you read the first letter of every word in that, it says murder red rum. It says murder red rum? (laughs) It says murder red rum. (laughs) Yeah, I I I don't really... Uh, why'd you pick that question was it like a hard week at the advice column factory and you really had to like get your metrics up so you had to pick a easy one what, what's up Annie Lane what's going on I think she just wanted an off week I think she just wanted an off week hey you know what I can't blame her do you think she got paid by Big Sugar Glider to associate sugar gliders with unconditional love on the internet Yeah, you're right. When you make it into the West Wing, you go into that Oval Office, and that chair slowly turns around, and there's just a big sugar glider in it. Oh, I mean, they're cute, but they are one of those animals that if they were way too big, they would be so scary. Yeah, it's because of that big flap that they used to glide. It would be horrifying and large. Yeah, dude. It'd be like in Super Smash Bros. when Meta Knight just puts you into his cave and you never come out. (laughs) Or his, uh, sorry, his cape. (laughs) You never come out. Also, a talking sugar glider that's six feet tall also seems scary because you know they'd have a scary British voice. <laughs> Even though they're native to Australia, they wouldn't talk like an Australian person. Hello, mate. No, no, no. I mean like a dark, like posh British accent. Hello, governor. <laughs> you wouldn't see a six foot tall sugar glider and he'd be like, pass me the Forsters, mate. All right, you ready for third segment? Yeah, let's do it. So, Adrian, do you want to explain the third segment? Yeah, so, you know, exotic pets. Sometimes you have friends who have them, like Paul and me, Paul and I, maybe you don't. Part of that probably has to do with the fact that they're expensive to take care of, as well as expensive to get, as well as maybe expensive to get the permits for. Um, So a lot of times they belong to society's richest and um, most ostentatious and uh, most ridiculous people, which is celebrities. Uh, so we're bringing in celebrities who have exotic pets, uh, and then we're going to react, slash, come up with jokes, slash, talk about them. Shout out to jungleroots.com. And then I've got a couple other ones, too. Well, let's start with Ice Tea. Okay. Um, oh, should we do this as, have you, how much have you scrolled down? Should we say the celebrity and the other person guesses the animal? And we just flip-flop? Scrolling down this article? Uh, I'm on different articles. Uh, so oh, you okay. Could quiz me on this what one. do you think Ice-T has, Adrian? I mean, we did already see that one. It's Ice-T, real name Tracy. His real name is also Shark Owner, because he's like sharks. You know I don't like it when people make fun of lisps, the only true di- disability. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> um, him and his wife, Coco. Um, mm-hmm. Have kept it's a long kept secret that the couple revealed to uh that they house several pet sharks in a huge aquarium in their home, eight by three feet in size. Is that a huge aquarium? I mean, it's big for an aquarium, but eight, for, for a, a home shark aquarium, aquarium, three feet. Oh, yeah, for sharks, probably not big enough. <laughs> yeah, it might as well be a fishbowl. Do you want to know the reason he has sharks in his home? Because he's a shark in the water. Because I've always tried to have a spa-like environment. You spend money and go on vacations to have the tranquility, so I try to make it my house when the dogs aren't barking and daughter Chanel's not going crazy. It's a tranquil Mm. environment with his sharks. Of course. He's like that kid from Skins who likes to get high and watch his fish. (laughs) 
do you think this was his do you think this was ice T's way of trying to pitch himself as one of the the six men per of shark tank he thought this was his foot in the door i think more likely is that he has four or five sharks however many there are and he named them all after like one's named mark cuban <laughs> and the other is named the guy who started fubu and the other is named uh <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic, and the other one is named the QC channel old lady. And there's like two alternates, aren't there? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Nealon. And that's- One's just named Kevin Nealon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, one Fantastic. of them is Kevin something, right? Oh, Kevin O'Leary is Mr. Fantastic. There's the one with the uh, good hair. White guy with good hair. <laughs> white guy with good hair. Oh, that's a good name for a, for a shark. <laughs> and then there's- Becky with the good hair. <laughs> lady who has, uh, um, who does, uh- not mortgages, but who does like a house? She she realtor, mm. realtor. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one lady who loves chocolate. It's <laughs> a cartoon. <laughs> I see. Does it. There's in, and then there's the one that's like this is the orange cat who hates Mondays but loves lasagna. <laughs> he does always watch it while reading the Sunday funnies. So. <laughs> There's the one really famous one that for some reason is always missing and you have to find her, Carmen. Okay, next up we got Tracy Morgan. Do you remember what pet he owns, Adrian? Mm, I know it's not a gay pet, whatever pet it is. That's all there. No, that's if what... I had a gay pet, if I found out my pet was gay, I would kill him. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm he Tracy would Morgan. stab him. Okay, Adrian, oh, let's okay. not misquote him. All he right. wouldn't kill his son if he was gay. He would stab him. Now I'm sad, man. <laughs> that, that was a tough one. That was a tough one when he came out as homophobic. <laughs> when he came, came out, out of, when he phone. came out of the That's closet. usually how we describe it in our society. <laughs> we really like to equate it. No, what would Tracy Morgan have? He seems like a tiger guy, but I think it's probably something smaller. I'll give you a hint. Like, it's um... a cephalopod. Oh, he's an octopus. Yeah, he has an octopus. Nice. That's cool. That seems like a weird one for him like to want to have. He uh announced his pet in the twenty thirteen uh airing of an animal planet show called Tanked. He came out as an octopus owner? <laughs> he came out as an octopus owner. His giant Pacific octopus named Boisdette, uh was outgrowing her aquarium and needed a new home. He spent $400,000 on Boadette's new abode, which was a 2,700-gallon uh, tank. Damn. What type of animal do you think uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has? An African tortoise? Oh, yeah, you're right. You remember that? It only cost him four hundred dollars. That's actually that seems really reasonable. Aren't there like dogs that cost way more than that? Well, yeah, yeah, pure breeds. Um, it's said to be able to live up to a hundred years, but Leo's gonna get rid of it after twenty five. J- just kidding! It didn't say that. Come on, come on. Um, and ultimately weigh nearly two hundred pounds, but he's gonna get rid of it after it crosses one hundred fifteen. No joking. Come on, Leo. Leonardo purchased the tortoise from a trade show he attended with co-stars from his movie Inception in Anaheim, California. <laughs> mm. What connection do you think he felt with that tortoise? I think he saw it like eating a piece of lettuce and he was just like, the calm beauty. Uh, Paul's doing his impression of a tortoise eating lettuce. It's actually pretty good. Um, I have Empress Josephine Bonaparte of France. Ooh, Josephine Bonaparte. Probably something North African he brought back during a campaign. Mm-hmm. A zebra would be cool, but I think it's going to be more of a big cat, so I'm going to go lion. Nope. 
She had a whole menagerie of animals, so actually maybe, but the standouts were several several kangaroos and an orangutan. An orangutan. Mm-hmm. Which, another one, orangutan, seems a little too human-like. I don't like that. Is that how you actually pronounce that, or are you being silly? It's not orangutan? Do you add a G at the end? <laughs> I thought that's how you pronounced it, orangutan. No, it's orangutan. Orangutan. We're yeah. thinking of the same animal, like the big monkey? Yeah, yeah, the big monkey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the with the monkey. long old arms. <laughs> with the long arms. Yeah, the one from Donkey Kong that uh, who uh, Joel Haver made the funny video about because he only gets dissed during the DK rap. I've been so wrong about how you pronounce that animal's name my whole life. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I think ninety nine percent of people pronounce it incorrectly. I just have primatologist friends. Uh, orangutan. That doesn't sound yeah. a lot more like African. Okay, I've got President John Quincy Adams. JQA, you know one of my favorites. Your favorite, the JQA. The A to the JQ. <laughs> I'm gonna say he had a pet possum. Mmm, scaly. Mmm, rainbow fish from the book Rainbow Fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was a pet alligator. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard that before. And he lived in the White House. He was kept in a large tub in the White House. <laughs> That was before the White House didn't have clean water till like after Lincoln. So like half our early presidents died like within a decade of being president because they all got poisoned from living in Washington, D.C. So I don't think that alligator did well. Probably not. I mean, also before we really knew about animal welfare, I mean, it was just kept in a big tub. I don't know. Yeah, I would, I would like to soak in. A, I love a bath. I love a good bath. I'd soak in a tub all day. <laughs> if I could. Uh, Paris Hilton has, uh, kinkajous. Oh, really? Yeah, they look like the type of thing you would like, based on your description of animals you would yeah, like. Yeah, kinkajous are cute. Although it did bite her. Paris Hilton refused to allow veterinarians to euthanize her pet kinkajou, a small rainforest animal. Baby Love, L-U-V, in order to find out if it had rabies. She instead visited an emergency room for a tinnitus shot and kept the animal, even getting another kinkajou to live on her ranch during the following years. Damn, that's adorable. I like that one a lot. You don't like kinkajous? I've, what about like a kawadi? I've never heard of any of these animals. You know a lot more about these small mammals than I do. No. We live in different worlds. Ooh, your favorite. Kristen Stewart. What animal do you think she would have? Hey, my favorite is Kristen Stewart or this animal's my favorite? Kristen Stewart's your favorite. Oh. Slithery or furry? Furry and think something that, think such an annoying animal to own that I make a joke sometimes about wanting to own this animal because it's such a dumb person, tough guy thing to think. Wait, it's a tough guy animal? Fuck. It's like a wolverine? It's a wolf, yeah. She owns a wolf oh, hybrid. Oh, wolf! <laughs> because That's anytime cool. somebody asks me what type of dog I would be, I always say I would be a wolf hybrid. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, that must be big then. She has four wolf-dog hybrids named Lily, Jack, Tommy, and Lola, who are kept in her mother's uh, on her mother's land in California. Um, I hate all of those names. Where she frequently visits them. So she's got a real, like, Ash Ketchum situation going on, where she's got a bunch of Pokemon just left at a ranch that she goes to visit every now and then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? Ooh, what animal would he own? Um, something that could make music with him. An elephant with its horn. He ordered a horn in the elephant. He needed up. a brass section? That's what you thought? <laughs> like, you were on the right track, and then you went completely stupid with 
What other animal can make me think, I don't know, like a singing bird? A starling, a bird. (laughs) He was like, what other animal could make music with me? I know I played Donkey Kong 300 years from now, and I know that they play the bongos, so... I want a Donkey Kong, Mom. Get me a Donkey Kong. (laughs) Mom, I want a Donkey Kong. Um, I have another one that's kind of famous in media, too, in a a different way. Um, Virgil, the uh, Roman poet. I feel like he, okay, okay, a Roman poet, he would have had, like, some sort of, like, noble creature. He, like, some sort of noble creature that he brought back to health and respected him for it. Maybe, like, a mountain lion? Close. Do you want one more guess? Hmm. Uh, maybe he had pet koi. The answer is a housefly. Oh, now that's funny. And I was going to say that this was, it's in celebrity culture now, because famously, Nathan, for you did the episode where he tried to build the huge gravestone in a uh, pet cemetery for a fly, a pet fly that he had to use as an advertisement for a company. Um, And this has the exact same story where like, in a really funny, ironic way, he like had a really extravagant uh, funeral for one of his flies that died. (laughs) Oh, wait, sorry, never mind. It was more of like a tax evasion thing. It was like, uh, if somebody in your family dies that year, you don't have to pay taxes. They had, like, uh, if you get run over by your university's bus, you don't have to pay uh, tuition. Tuition that year? Is that real, or is that just an urban (laughs) I think that's just every college has that urban legend. (laughs) Um, No, the government was going to do a thing where they were going to take all land from uh, land-rich landowners, but uh, unless there was a mausoleum there. So he built a mausoleum for his uh, pet fly that died. Hmm. Okay, the first sort of, like, I'm technically correct logic, bro. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a poet. All right, I think I got, like, two more, and that's about it for me. Hit me with them. Audrey Hepburn. Ooh, I bet you she had something funny. I feel like I've seen a picture of her with, like, a sugar glider or something like that. Maybe a small monkey. Mm Mm-hmm. What is it? Does this help? His name is Pippin. Pippin? Sorry, her name is Pippin. The pet penguin. Pippin the pet penguin. Ooh, that's really good, but no, it is a female deer. Deer, deer, doe. And this is kind of one of my requirements for an animal. Uh, She has pictures of her cuddling with it in bed and sleeping with it. Uh, That's what it is. Okay, I feel like I've seen those those photos, but maybe I was wrong since I thought it was a sugar glider, but... (laughs) There was something maybe in my it was like, maybe it was like a forced perspective. Thing. <laughs> Honestly, there I think it's the big doe eyes that reminded me of the sugar glider. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. The last one is uh, Salvador Dali. Ooh, you told me this earlier, but I already forgot. I think I was right about mine, but this actually the other one, the one that's being highlighted is a different one. Okay. Think whimsical. Think so. It's not a uh, anteater or a aardvark. Whimsical. 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 Salvador Dali. He he liked to enter- entertain at dinner parties. He liked to be quirky. He was the original quirky girl. He was the original invader vamp, invader them. Oh, they do mention the anteater and the fact that he had a pet bat when he was a kid. Peacock. Ooh, that's a good guess. Does it help you to know that in the TV show Archer, they do an homage to the, his pet? Oh, um, yeah, it's that uh cat that uh the rich girl owns. That's a uh, it's a uh. 
Oh, Archer's so obsessed with this animal. Yeah, it, they make quite a few jokes about the specific animal that it I is, know. as opposed to being. It's so <laughs> funny. It, it, wait, give me a second. It's tip of my tongue. It's uh, they use the same name for the animal too, Babu, as the pet. Babu the ocelot. Hey, all right. This wasn't a quiz, but somehow you still won, Paul. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Are you ready to do a big fact no cap? Yeah, and I'll be waiting for my Starbucks gift card in the email. Already. Um, big fact, Adrian. Exotic animals really do toe the line between so obviously immoral, but so human and how delightful they are to know that some people own them. And I think obviously we shouldn't have them. But you know what? If you have any ideas for how we could toe this line and in some way still keep it as a fun thing in society, uh, leave a five-star review on this episode and let us know in the comment section. Mm, yeah, no cap. Uh, if you want to hit the subscribe button uh, and then leave a five-star review telling us what your favorite exotic animal is in the comments below, please do so. All right. Bye, buddy. Bye. Concrete jungle where we fight to survive. In TMA to police, you'll never take me alive. I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. Concrete jungle where we fight to survive. In TMA to police, you'll never take me alive. I'm a tiger. Altercation, I'm thinking Travis must really hate me. Been like a brother through middle school. Would've never rapped until he made me. Really used to flip holes together, go out together, do shows together. Still amazes me, kinda crazy how popularity can make you change. Got his nova, I was happy for him. Got his bourbon, I was happy for him. Got his beans, I was happy for him. Got his hum, I was happy for him.